Section thirty six of Memoirs of Miss Sidney Biddulph. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Memoirs of Miss Sidney Biddulph by Francis Sheridan. Volume three continued. February the eleventh. My new found relation dined with me to day according to promise. Patty had provided two dishes of the best things in season and dressed them admirably. I need not tell you in what satisfaction Mr. Warner and I enjoyed our little cheerful meal. He had sent me in the morning a hamper of excellent wine, and seemed to relish his bottle with an extraordinary good gusto. When Patty had carried the children upstairs and we were left alone, he told me that he had been that morning looking out for a house for me. "'You must quit these lodgings directly, and submit a little to my management, for I will mortify your paltry brother and his wife. You shall have as handsome a house as his, and better furnished, too, or I'll know why. You must know I mean to set you out like a duchess, and you shall roll by that worthless puppy's door in a better equipage than his minx is carried in.' "'But I do not intend to live with you as well as I love you, "'for though I am an old weather-beaten fellow, "'you are young and handsome, and the world I know is full of scandal. "'I shall therefore content myself with a lodging somewhere in your neighbourhood, "'and come and see you now and then.' "'I thanked him for the prudence of his generosity, "'and begged that he would suffer me to live in that moderate state "'which, if I had ever so much riches, would be my choice.' "'Don't oppose me, cuz,' said he. "'Pray don't. I must have my way in this. I have set my heart upon it. "'You shall blaze for a while at least. When I have had my revenge, you may live as you please afterwards.' "'I was unwilling to contradict him in his odd humour, yet was very much afraid of the consequences of blazing, as he called it, all at once.' "'But, dear sir,' said I, "'what will the world think of my emerging thus from obscurity "'into the splendour you talk of? "'Though you do not live with me, as I am still young, "'may it not give room for censure? "'Busy people will pry into the source from whence I draw my affluence, "'and envy will not be backward in putting wrong constructions "'on an appearance by which it will be so much excited.' He listened, looked me earnestly in the face, then nodding his head with a very grave countenance, said, "'You are a sensible woman, cuz, and I commend your prudence. But I must have my will for all that.' I could not forbear smiling at his manner, and going on, I said, "'If I were to enter again into public life with a moderately genteel appearance only, nobody's curiosity would be excited.' as it might easily be supposed that my brother had enabled me to support a decent figure in the world. I soon found that I had made use of a wrong argument, which put my friend into a violent passion. "'A fiddlestick for you and your brother, too,' said he. "'Do you think I will let that whelp have the credit of what I mean to do for you?' "'No, no, set your heart at rest about that.' What I do all the world shall know, and my reasons for it too. I'll have my own way. There is no hurt, I hope, in providing for a near kinswoman that is left to starve by a still nearer relation. I make you my heir, look you, and I'll spread it all over the town. 
is there any harm in that god knows i have no more ill in my heart than one of your children but i am a little resenting maybe so say no more of it i found mr warner was pretty positive therefore thought it the wisest way to insist no farther upon the argument but told him i would submit entirely to his discretion it will be best for you said he consider me as your father and i will be a father to you he then told me that he had been trying to get a house for me near my brother's that i might nose him as he called it but that as there was none empty in the square he had fixed on a very handsome one in an adjoining street i did not like the furniture said he so i ordered it out and have bespoke new of an upholsterer who promises me in a week or ten days at farthest to have everything completely fitted up in the meantime i can't bear to see you in this sorry room poor soul how long have you been here i told him near four months and that with his permission i would continue in these lodgings till the house was ready as it was not worth while to change them for so short a time well said he you may do as you will for that i'll see that everything is to your satisfaction i took his leave with an affectionate shake by the hand how miraculous is all this my dear this messenger of good tidings is he not sent to me by providence as i found he intended not to make a secret of his designs in my favour i was in haste to divulge the joyful news to my friends i have accordingly writ to my lady v giving her an account of the wonderful revolution in my affairs and i intend as soon as i can fix upon some curious present worth her acceptance to make her a large return for all her favours i have also acquainted mrs falkland of the happy turn in my fortune and i design a magnificent present for her as soon as i have time to prepare it to neither of these ladies have i hinted at my brother's behaviour either to myself or mr warner i have made the good women with whom i lodge stare wonderfully at the relation i could get nothing from her but exclamations of astonishment her hands and eyes lifted up good god lord bless us what strange things come about what luck some people are born to and this was your own own cousin that you never set eyes on before my goodness what a swarthy gentleman he is but tumbling in gold i warrant him it would be long before such good fortune would happen to me though i have a cousin beyond seas too i could plainly see that this poor woman envied my prosperity though she tried to congratulate me but it is the less to be wondered at as she knew not that i was born to any better prospect than that of working for my bread in a two pair of stair rooms february the fifteenth i have not seen my honest kinsman these four days but he sent me a note to inform me that he was busy in seeing everything put in order in my new house and that he abstained from visiting me out of discretion this word he marked the more to impress his full meaning he says i shall not see anything till all is ready neither has he yet so much as told me the street where i am to live i find he will as he himself says have his own way february the twenty-second 
now my cecilia i may reasonably hope that my afflictions are at an end as far as wealth can promote felicity that felicity is mine i had just settled with my landlady and having paid her for her lodgings made her a present a little to reconcile her to my prosperity when a new chariot most superbly gilt stopped at my door a black and a white footman in rich laced liveries behind it one of these brought me a note from mr warner who informed me that he had sent my own equipage to carry me home where i should find him waiting to welcome me to my own house patty seemed to have got wings to her feet she flew up to me with the welcome notice and begged of me to observe from the window that the servants were in our own family livery with this difference that the lace was silver instead of what we used to give on expressing my surprise at this patty told me that mr warner had at his second visit inquired of her as she let him out what liveries we used to give but bid her not mention it to me which she said she would not do as she guessed he meant to surprise me but this was not all he had been so minutely correct as to have the arnold arms in a lozenge elegantly painted on the doors what these were he was at the pains of informing himself elsewhere my patty almost frantic with joy hurried the two children downstairs and stuck them up in the chariot telling them both it was their own as she put them into it but the poor babes fell a-crying and were not to be pacified by the novelty or finery of the thing till i came to them she stayed behind to send our little baggage after us and i drove to my new house in pall mall where i found my generous benefactor waiting as he had promised to receive me oh my dear he is a princely man such grandeur such elegance he led me through every room where wealth and magnificence were displayed even to profusion from top to bottom there is not the smallest article wanting that luxury itself can imagine the carpets screens cabinets and an abundance of fine china are beyond comparison more beautiful than anything of the kind i have ever seen tis but eleven days since my kinsman mentioned his design to me and you must believe he has been indefatigable in his diligence since he has left nothing for me to do but at once to take possession of this splendid mansion all the necessary domestics are hired and ready in their respective stations and i am already as much settled in a few hours as if i had lived here so many years mr warner told me that as a trifle would not be sufficient to keep up everything in proportionable state about me he intended to allow me three thousand pounds a year this appointment said he you are to consider as your own property and just call upon me as you would on your steward i am sure you will employ it well you gave me a proof of that in your five shillings you need not be afraid of being too profuse in your charities when i die you will find yourself possessed of the means of continuing them dear sir said i long may you live to feel and rejoice in the blessings which your bounty will through me i hope draw down on us both i leave you to enjoy yourself said he 
but i am impatient till your brother knows what he has lost by his hard-heartedness he cannot long be ignorant of it sir replied i but indeed i flatter myself that he is not quite so much to blame in regard to me as we have both imagined you see he seemed to know nothing of my situation when you inquired after me and even threw out something like a reproach for my having withdrawn myself without acquainting him where i was i am very sure lady sarah never informed him of my having applied to her it was his duty to have inquired you out said he did he not know you were poor he knew said i that my circumstances were very much straitened but he did not know how much well well answered mr warner it is good in you to excuse him but i know him to be a narrow-hearted poltroon he took his leave and said he would see me soon again having taken lodgings for himself in my neighbourhood february the twenty-third i begin to doubt my cecilia whether i am really awake or not tis all enchantment i am afraid my old kinsman is a wizard i have been talking to and examining my servants to see if they are real living people or only phantoms i look at and handle the rich furniture of my apartments to try if it be substantial tis all so everything real i beg my cousin's pardon for suspecting him of sorcery i believe he deals in no charms but that all-powerful one money now my sister what a spacious field is there open before me three thousand pounds a year how many hearts will be in my power to make glad and i will make many glad o oh lord god who has showered down thy blessings in abundance on my head vouchsafe me such a portion of thy grace that i may become an humble instrument of thy mercy to those whom the rod of adversity has laid in the dust teach me so to use this thy bounteous favour that thy honour not my worldly desires may be promoted that thy praise not my pride may be exalted and if o lord thou hast chosen me to be the dispenser of thy fatherly kindness to the afflicted that cry unto thee quicken in my heart such diligence humility and integrity as may render me not unworthy of the important trust but if o oh my god thou hast sent riches only to be a trial of my strength unsupported by thee be merciful take them from me and restore to me that poverty which first taught me to know myself upon my knees i have poured out this prayer to the almighty and it is the fervent wish of my soul that he would grant it february the twenty sixth you will smile my dear as i did in pity of the meanness of poor lady sarah but proud people are always mean i have been here but four days yet i find she has already heard of my metamorphosis indeed she could hardly do otherwise so near her as i am mr warner has been very urgent with me to drive out in my new chariot this i readily complied with as both the children and i wanted air and exercise and yesterday we drove to hyde park i did not however go at the hour where there is most company 
but i conclude i was seen either by lady sarah herself or by someone who told her for this morning prodigious she sent her woman to me with a message i had her called upstairs and inquired very civilly after my brother and his lady she told me that lady sarah sent her humble service to me and was very much surprised that she had not heard from me in so long a time that she supposed i was gone out of town but as sir george seemed uneasy that i never wrote to him her ladyship had sent her to inquire for me at my old lodgings in the haymarket from whence she had been directed to me here and that she was ordered to tell me that her lady had talked to my brother about the affair that i knew of and that sir george would act agreeably to her request if i would call or write a line to him i found the woman had been instructed to feign an entire ignorance on her lady's part of the change in my circumstances but i was resolved to let her see i had detected this paltry artifice i could observe that the servant though she endeavoured to avoid it eyed everything in my apartment with surprise and curiosity and i concluded that lady sarah had sent her for no other purpose but to satisfy herself from her maid's account whether the report she had heard concerning me was true tell your lady said i she needed not to have been at the pains of framing such a message to have gratified her curiosity my house is open to any one who has a mind to look at it even to lady sarah herself you shall see all over and may report to her ladyship what my cousin warner's bounty has done for me and she may then judge whether i stand in need of the assistance she now pretends to offer me the woman looked abashed and though she seemed inclined to ask questions was ashamed to do so this was the very servant who had so unceremoniously led me up the back stairs when i went to visit her lady but i appeared in a quite different light to her now i rang the bell and ordered a footman to show her the house she curtsied in silence and withdrew what a poor creature is lady sarah mr warner called upon me before her woman went away i told him the whole passage oh how he chuckled and rejoiced shrugging his shoulders and rubbing his hands he wanted to see the servant but i was afraid he would be too strong in his insults and turned him from the point he told me he invited himself to dine with me and accordingly he favoured me with his company and stayed during the greatest part of the evening he is a man of a strong natural sense though he is careless of improving it he has passed his life in business and in acquiring riches he does not let me into the particulars of these though he is in other respects very communicative and entertaining there is a whimsical vein runs through his conversation he now for the first time desired me to give him the particulars of my life from my childhood which he had but a partial account of at different time from myself i took up my story at the earliest period of my life wherein anything interesting had occurred and traced every circumstance minutely to the hour he first saw me
i could easily see that he had a tender sympathising heart for he was moved to tears more than once during my relation nor was he ashamed of them for he suffered them to run down his cheek while he listened with mute attention to my story he praised mr falkland highly said he was a man after his own heart and deserved the best woman in the world i wish you had married him said he such a princely fellow deserves a princely fortune he owned my brother had some reason to be nettled at my refusal of such a man our sex said he does not have such chimera notions as you women have but still that does not excuse his sordidness i took this opportunity of telling mr warner that my brother did not really know the very great distress i was in and that i had reason to believe from the general tenor of lady sarah's character that she had either concealed it from him or made misrepresentations of my case doubtless she had not informed him to what straits i was reduced immediately upon my mother's death and who knows but sir george having left me for a while to feel the effects of that resentment with which he had threatened me in his last letter still meant to show himself a brother for if he were ignorant as i am willing to believe of that particular which i have mentioned he could not suppose that i was driven to absolute want and from lady sarah's insinuations perhaps he thought that my mother left a sum of money behind her he knew not of the illness that my children and i were visited with and indeed it appears to me from what he hinted to yourself that he was quite unacquainted with my situation to say the truth my cecilia as you know i am of a placable disposition i should be glad to be on good terms with my brother the only relation my kinsman excepted that i have in the world i was willing therefore if possible a little to reconcile mr warner to him as i durst not without his permission seek a reconciliation with sir george there may be something in what you say coz answered my friend perhaps he had a mind to let you bite on the bridle for a while and i'm willing to suppose with you that hereafter maybe he would have given you some dirty trifle for a generous thing i'm sure he's not capable of from his sordidness to me i found this stuck most with the good man oh sir said i but consider lady sarah's influence stepped in there too my brother you acknowledge was going to give you something till she interposed half a crown i suppose said he to say the truth i believe she is the worst of the two she has a great deal of pride sir answered i she has communicated some of it to my brother probably he was mortified and disconcerted at the sight of so near a relation in his wife's presence whose exterior appearance could do him no credit perhaps had you applied privately to him he would have behaved better you have not much worldly wisdom replied my cousin to excuse him thus however i think the better of you for it whatever i may do of him but speak honestly now don't you want to be friends with sir george that he and his wife may have an opportunity of seeing you in all your finery 
as i knew mr warner's temper i was resolved to humour him in it and thought i could not give my desire of seeing my brother a better turn than this to one of my kinsman's disposition to deal openly with you sir said i i think our triumph over lady sarah will not be complete unless she herself is a witness of that high fortune of which she might have been a partaker had it not been for her own meanness of spirit and to be sincere with you my cecilia i did think lady sarah deserved this mortification though it did not so far influence me as to make me desirous of being on terms with her as for my brother i was governed by no other motive than affection towards him well said mr warner suppose you were to invite them both to dine with you and to have me at table handsomely dressed out for i can dress fine when i please and let them see that the man who was not thought worthy to sit down in their presence they had better have used with more ceremony oh sir said i that would be too severe an insult besides i doubt whether my brother would come you know he is angry with me and thinks he has reason if you will permit me first to call on my brother when we are reconciled i can afterwards ask both him and his lady to my house and though i am sure you have too much good-nature and politeness to shock them all at once by violating the laws of hospitality in this house which your bounty has made mine yet will you have sufficient room for retaliation by treating them in your turn with neglect thou art a milky thing answered mr warner but as i am willing to please you you may do as you like but by god they shall never have a cross from me End of section 36